Okay, you guys, here we go. She Runs Ultras, episode number 58. And today I want to talk about the three things that your training plan should include. And, you know, a training plan is comprised of a lot of different phases and elements and different running workouts and strength and mobility and all of the things. So I'm not specifically talking about those types of components to your training plan. I'm talking about three things that are a little bit outside of the day to day. And I want to just kind of get right into it. So the first thing that I think your training plan should have is back-to-back long run days. Now, I'm a firm believer in these. I know a lot of people try to like circumvent these long back-to-back running days for various reasons, time, scheduling, so on and so forth. But literally, there's just no substitute for this. So even if you fall into the category of somebody who only has three days to run per week, I would very strongly recommend that you make sure in some way, shape or form that you get back to back long runs in. Now, one of the things that I did with a client, um, oh, I don't know, I think it was like last year, was she really didn't have time or the availability to do back-to-back long runs every single weekend. And I just should also say that they don't necessarily have to happen on the weekends. If you're someone who has kind of a a different or non-traditional schedule, like not really a nine to five Monday through Friday, and you want to make your long runs on the weekdays, that's totally fine. I don't care what days they happen on, just make sure you get them. So this client couldn't do them every single weekend. She had a busy job and she had small children. And so she needed to kind of make a trade-off. And so we did every other weekend. In the beginning, she actually only, only ran one long day at the very beginning of her training plan. And then we sort of started to phase in the long runs along the way. She would do one weekend a month back to back, and then we upped it to every other weekend as she started to get closer to her race. And it really worked out very, very well. So again, even if you're someone who's running just three days a week, make sure to get those back to back long runs in. And here's why, okay? Like, you're like, yeah, that's great. I'd love to do back-to-back long run days. I don't know that that's really feasible. Here's why you really should do it, okay? It's going to help you learn how to run on tired legs. So in the later stages of your 50K, you're going to start to have like tired jelly legs. You might not feel like you're really in control of them. And the more you practice this over time with those back-to-back long run days, the, the, the more or the better equipped, I should say, you will be to handle those during race day. It's also going to teach you how to push through mentally and physically. So you don't want the first time that you hit a real low to be during your race day. You want to actually get as much of that stuff out of the way during your training as possible. And by integrating these long run days on back-to-back days, you're going to have an opportunity, you'll have ample opportunities actually, to really feel the highs and the lows. And this is where you're going to learn how to push through. You'll learn some of those tactics, you know, ways to sort of almost trick yourself into, into going or keeping going, I should say, and ways that you can manage the body physically to allow you to keep running and push through that wall. And lastly, it's really going to teach you where your current limitations are. Do you get to, 
I'm just going to throw out some random numbers here. Do you get to 12 miles and the wheels fall off? <laughs> like if you know that, then that's something that you can start to work on. But if you only run one day at a time, you really don't have any of that built up accumulated soreness or tiredness from the previous day. And you won't ever really get to feel what it's going to be like in the later stages of your run. So make sure that you get some back-to-back long running days in there. Now, again, I said, whatever days you choose, that's totally fine. It doesn't have to be on a weekend. Some people will ask, should you do the, the more mileage first on the first day or the second day? And there's lots of different ways you can switch it up. To be honest, I don't really want to dive into that right now. I really want you to just start to wrap your brain around this idea of back-to-back long run days. And I know some of you already do that. High five bonus points for you. And some of you guys just haven't been able quite yet to manage that. And that's totally fine too, but it's just something to start to consider and think about ways to work it into your current training plan. Okay. Thing number two of the three things that you should add to your training plan immediately (laughs) I didn't say that earlier, but immediately would be a race day simulation. What is a race day simulation? Well, I'm so glad you asked. (laughs) This is where you take everything and you do it all on one day. So take the gear and the clothing and the food and the nutrition, do practice everything that you're going to use on race day during this race simulation. You're also going to do it at the same time that your race day will kick off. You're going to try and do it in a similar place or environment, something that closely mimics what you'll face on race day from temperature to elevation and all, and you know, every single aspect of it. And you're just going to try and practice. And this will help you to build up your confidence so that when you show up on race day, you feel tuned up, dialed in, whatever metaphor you want, so that you know exactly what you're going to do. You don't have any questions and you have a game plan that you're ready to execute. So Having an opportunity to do this ahead of time will facilitate you showing up really confident on race day. That's not to say that you won't, you know, um, uh, encounter obstacles or challenges on race day, but you will be more prepared to handle them. So the, the second part of this question that usually comes up is how long should this race simulation be? And you're not going to like my answer (laughs) because I'm basically going to tell you it should be long enough for you to know if the things that you're testing will work for you. So a five mile jog around the block is not going to cut it. And you should not try to do a full length race ahead of your full length race somewhere in between. So let's go back to the previous point, number one, back-to-back long running days. Over the course of your training, you will find sort of that sweet spot in terms of the upper threshold of mileage where you can reasonably do it and it's long enough to be impactful, but not so long that you're basically doing your race before you do the race. Somewhere in there. 
And that's how long you want to go out for. And keeping in mind, you know, you're testing gear and clothing and food and nutrition, you know, hydration, all of the things. So you want to give it enough time for you to know whether or not it's going to work. I'll give you an example. So lots of you guys know that I've done the Ragged 75 stage race. So that's three days back to back to back running. And so in preparation for that, I did a three day back to back to back race simulation. And each day I did about a little over a third of the miles that I would have faced on the actual race day. And I did precisely what my plan was for race day during that simulation. I took all the gear and the food and everything and tested it out. And so, you know, I chose those mileages based on the fact that I was doing three back-to-back days and not just one. So that's another um, factor. But you can choose and you can start to play around with this. And I promise it'll be a lot easier to pick out just how long your race simulation should be if you've put in the work and done those long back-to-back training days leading up to this race simulation. Okay, the last thing of the three things that you should include in your training plan is a formal taper. Now, this is (laughs) this one tweaks people out every single time. Some people love a taper and they know exactly how to handle it. Some people, it's like a black hole. They have no idea what to do with it. So let's just define a taper real quick. And a taper is the weeks leading up to your race day where you start to dial back your training in an effort to be as well rested as possible for your rest, uh, sorry, for your race day. Now, the length of the taper is, I guess like it's very personal, but there is a little bit of science to it as well. Some people like a really long taper. I've seen people do like four weeks and some people would prefer to kind of like slide right into the race, hair on fire, still going, you know, like guns blazing all out. I'm someplace in the middle. So I like a good two to three week taper, depending on the length of the race. Now, what does a formal taper look like? What should you do? What shouldn't you do? First and foremost, you're going to stop all strength training. So if you've been someone who's done or incorporated strength training into your plan ahead of this, like previously, you're going to stop because the whole goal is to rest. So you're also going to dial back your mileage and your intensity. And there's no official like percentage or rule. You just need to have a good look at the plan and really dial it back and let yourself rest. Okay, like you've done all of this work, you've earned some rest, and I guarantee you that if you do it well, if you do the taper well, you will show up feeling really good to race day. Lots of people violate the taper and don't do it, or, you know, they sneak in a bunch of miles, or they try to, you know, they get antsy and feel like they should be doing something, um, or they feel like they'll lose all of the conditioning that they've built up, and so they violate the rule here, there, or however. But really, it's not true. Just because you take this taper and you start to dial things back does not mean that you've lost or will lose everything that you've worked so hard to gain over the last 16 to 24 weeks. 
You want to go into the race feeling really well rested and you can't do that if you don't change your training and dial it back. So, you know, if you're somebody who loves a taper, you're, you're probably fine. I'm not really talking to you guys. I'm talking to the people who can't sit still, uh, always feel like they should be doing something, don't want to lose their conditioning. Like I promise you that if you just dial things back and do it very strategically, that you won't be missing out. And in fact, you'll actually be amplifying what you're able to achieve on race day. Okay, so those are the three things that I think you should add to your training plan immediately. And, you know, there's lots of stuff that should be on the table here for discussion in terms of what you should add. And these are just three that I see consistently people not doing or selectively like ignoring. And they're three that I think, especially if you're going to run your like first ultra or your farthest ultra that you really should have a good handle on during your training plan because, you know, a lot of times you can kind of slide through training for some of the shorter distances, but when you bump yourself up to an ultra, you kind of, you really need to have a plan and you really need to be focused on that plan and you need to execute certain elements like back-to-back long running days, a race simulation, a taper, these sort of high notes that will help you to show up on race day feeling well-trained and really confident in your ability. If you sort of roll around in the muck and you just do a little bit of this and you're inconsistent and you don't really pay attention to, you know, your heart rate or your rate of perceived exertion or how many days you run or, you know, you fall off of your training plan and you pick back up like it's in some random place, none of those behaviors are going to foster a real sense of confidence in yourself. You're going to feel lost. You're going to feel confused. You're going to feel overwhelmed. And that's not how you want to show up on race day. Like I've done that. <laughs> like You don't want to do that. So there are many more things. We could probably do a whole other series of podcast episodes on the things that your training plan should include. But if you go back and listen to episode four, that's where I talk about how to write a kick-ass training plan. And a lot of the basic fundamental stuff that should be in your plan, we ca- we talk about that in that episode. So go back and listen to it. There's a, um, you can download the PDF where I walk you through it. Um, so if, you know, if you're listening to it on run, you go home, download the PDF and you can map it out. It'll, it'll walk you through the process of writing your own training plan. And in there, once you get to, you know, sort of the later stages, make sure to include that race simulation and a taper. You know, as I'm talking about this now, the one thing I didn't talk about with the race simulation day is when should it be? Like where in the training plan does it fall? So let's talk about that real quick. I'm a big fan of doing a race simulation six to eight weeks out from your actual race day. So it's close enough for you to... um, you know, have your race in sight, but it's further enough away so that if you need to make some tweaks or find a new set of shoes or a new gear or test out a new nutrition protocol that you've got time to do it. So there's no sense in doing it like three weeks out. First of all, that's too close. You violate the taper (laughs) and you can't do it like 12 weeks out or 16 weeks out, because that's basically too early on in your 
training plan. So I like between six and eight weeks. And if you do it at eight and it fails miserably, then you've got another week or two to play with and you can repeat it with your learnings from the first one. Okay. So I wanted to make sure that we got that in there because that will be a question that I know comes up for a lot of you guys. So back-to-back long running days, a race simulation day, and a formal taper, three things that you should be sure to include in your training plan. So I want to hear from you guys. Are these things that you have done in the past? Do you violate the taper? Do you love a good taper? What do you think about a race simulation day? And if you're not doing back-to-back long running days, why not? I'd be curious to know. And, you know, coincidentally, these are three things that we're going to talk a lot about in the upcoming Run Your First 50K group coaching program. We start, I think it's 12 days. I have like a little countdown timer going for this. So we start on Monday, January 31st. It's a six week program and it's literally the roadmap. I should be calling it a trail map, but it's the map to get you from where you are now to across the finish line of your very first 50K confidently. And so that you have a plan and know exactly what to do. So if you're sort of like, if you've been thinking about doing a 50K, but you're sort of on the fence and you've got a lot of this um, fear and doubt and uncertainty around it, those are things that we can solve for. You you don't really, I said this in a post the other day, you don't really fear the, the race or the distance. You fear the unknown or what you don't know. And when you're moving from road marathons to trail ultras, there's kind of a big gap there, but that's not insurmountable. It's just a matter of gathering up the information, having a plan and getting some coaching and guidance to help you figure it out step-by-step. Step. And that's really what we're going to do in this program. So So I've taken like the last seven years of all the racing, all the testing, all the experimenting that I've been doing myself, as well as everything that I have learned through coaching all of my clients and really distilled it down into this Oh, I, just, I keep saying it's amazing because every day I work on it a little bit more and it just keeps getting better and better. Um, this amazing program that just lays it out for you step by step, because I told this story before, but back in the day when I first wanted to do my very first ultra 50 K I had to Google everything. I, there wasn't like I was on Facebook, but there weren't a lot of running Facebook groups that I could ask questions in. Um, and honestly, I'm even to this day, I'm not a fan of doing that because what you're going to get is just this mishmash of advice. And then what you actually have to do is spend more time sifting through the advice and figuring out what's going to work for you versus getting one clear and consistent roadmap to test out, um, that has been proven successful time and time and time again. So that's basically what the Run Your First 50K program is going to be all about. So if you are interested, this program is for women only. Maybe in the future I'll do a co-ed version, but for this one, my goal is to help as many women as possible get across the finish line of their very first 50K. So you'll go to runyourfirst50k.com and that's where you'll find all of the information about the program and where you can apply. So you can't just sign up for the program, you have to apply. And I do this with all of my group coaching programs because I want to be sure that we're a good fit for you and you're a good fit for us. 
And so there's just a few questions there that will help me kind of figure out where you're at with your running and how I can best help you. So go there, check it out. Applications close next Friday and the program starts on January excuse me, January 31st, Monday, and we'll run for six weeks. And then there's a whole bunch of other amazing stuff that's going to happen after that. But for now, here you go. Just go to runyourfirst50k.com, check it out and apply for the program. That's all for this episode, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Schedule your back-to-back long running days, do a race simulation, and for the love of all things ultra, do a formal taper. Enjoy this beat and I'll see you all soon.